Welcome to episode 53 of the Puck and Pungs podcast. Sketchy Ghoulie, Rookie Rochelle. Uh, what up, dog? Not much. I'd be far happier if there was not a foot of snow outside. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've said this many, many times before, but I'd be quite happy if I never had to see snow again for the rest of my life. Uh, you got a heated driveway. I know. I was thinking about that. Install but... that puppy in there. <laughs> it's expensive. It's money. I know. I didn't realize, like, A, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, and in places that get a, a ton of snow, that's like... Like, it's big in Canada and, like, mandatory. Sweden, stuff like that. But, like, I didn't realize, like, the way they build it is that, like, it's under your concrete. Yeah. So they, they put, like, the, the wiring or whatever the fuck, the and pipes, then yeah. they put stuff over it. Yep. And it's like... I don't know, you could talk about how the United States has been talking about this Build Back Better program. You know, as this week, another bridge crumbled yeah. in Pittsburgh. Um, and Well, you know, you can't build it back better if it didn't break first. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jeez. the fact that, you know, it should just be easy. Like, I don't know if you in like the northeast or you know some places in the midwest that get a lot of snow i mean if you're building back better the you should include the heated sidewalks and stuff like that just to make it safer for for people who are out there yep but who knows uh everyone has their qualms with uh government whether it's the united states canada or elsewhere um i'm gonna keep my my qualms to to that for right now um you gotta we gotta do something this this crumbling infrastructure i don't know if i told you the story but years ago i we were on tour and we we cross a bridge in in minnesota and we have the news on and one hour later that bridge fell into the water jesus yeah one hour later well so you know yep yeah. it's uh it's something, but uh, I don't know. Something's got to get done, but it's hard to get things done, you know, when you're you're dealing with a pandemic and potentially, uh, I don't get to go to war with Russia <laughs> over the Ukraine. Uh, there, there's a lot going on, so we're we're gonna try to try to stay as focused on hockey and punk rock as possible. But we all know that you know those are not the only two things in in all of our lives. And I guess you gotta you gotta sometimes talk about the other things too. Yeah. But anyway, in much happier news, uh, you took all of the money that we've made from this podcast, <laughs> and you went to Henrik Lundqvist's retirement uh, jersey retirement night. I did. I um, did. First thing I want to say is, you know earlier or like the week before we see pronger getting his his jersey retired and yeah sipping from a beer um but it's just it's so funny like when was the last time pronger played for the blues what took the blues so long to to go you know this chris pronger kid was actually pretty good when he played for us we should retire his number you know he won a heart trophy no big deal he's in the hall of fame you know, maybe we should do something about that. 
like I, I just don't, I don't understand like the the order in which they do this. I, I we spoke about Willie O'Ree, how you know why are they doing this so late? Why is it not you know league wide? That if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go back to last episode. But I love the fact that you know Henrik Lundqvist doesn't have to wait. He gets his his number retired. It's it's a no brainer. He's, he's the fastest in history for the Rangers to get his number retired. Yeah, he's one of eleven to have their numbers retired, and two of those numbers have been retired twice. I'm um, looking at three banners I have in my house right now. I can't find my Richter one. Yeah, I have my uh, Leach Graves and Lundqvist Night ones. I have a Richter somewhere. Those are the four that I've been to. Yeah, but I love the idea that he gets his number retired before uh he's able to get his name called for the hall of fame which will be a you know a sure thing yep yeah i think i wonder if with the pronger thing it's because technically 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 he was under contract until last year so maybe they're waiting but he wasn't under contract with them no but as like a player like he's still technically a philadelphia flyer on pay or an arizona coyote did his contract get moved around i forget yeah, I mean, I would, I'd be perfectly okay if the Edmonton Oilers retired Connor McDavid's jersey tomorrow. Sprinters. Yeah, that's it. Might as well. Or like, if Gary Bettman I, could be in the Hall of Fame while still doing the job, you yeah. can retire McDavid's number now. How about, I actually, I'd be more okay with the day that Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin plays their last game. They take off their their sweater on the ice and, and, ra- and raise that. That's that sweater. <laughs> yeah. Just put that up there. Um, and then, you know, the following year you could have like a bigger ceremony with where you replace the, the actual sweater with uh, a big banner. I think that would be pretty cool. You know, when I once used to work at Modell sporting goods on my last day, they, um, they, they raised my shirt to the rafters. It's a true story. <laughs> and then they burned then, the place down. And they burned it. And then Modell has, has since gone out of business. Yeah. So maybe they should have kept me around. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there was a time where you, you had to go to Moe's. Gotta go. It was imperative that you went to Moe's. And now if you want to go to Moe's, you could get a, a shitty burrito. Yeah. Or you can get a duff if you go to Florida. Yeah, the one thing I did like... Uh, I hear uh, the duck beer is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd have to... Yeah, I heard the same, but... We'll make a trip. Yeah, uh, the one thing I did like from now that I'm th- hungry and thinking about Moe's, the, the <laughs> restaurant, uh, I like their fancy version of the Crunchwrap Supreme. Because the Crunchwrap Supreme is... I mean, it's it has Supreme in the name. It's the best Taco Bell item of all time. See, I'm a, I'm a burritos or quesadilla guy. But this is this is like a, a quesadilla. This is just like a, a better quesadilla. The Crunchwrap Supreme. It's, it's, uh, it's like a, a quesadilla with a hard taco inside. You get your, your crunch and your, your soft, gooey goodness. I mean, but uh, I've never actually had one. I may need to. Ooh, if you're explore. a if you're a bell guy, you gotta. Oh, dude, I I had literally yesterday. No, two days ago, Friday. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I had I had Taco Bell because it'll kill me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if I were to go, there, there's the the first thing I'm ordering is uh, 
a Crunchwrap Supreme and then probably filling out my order with that's, a bunch that's of what Jess got. Bunch but of she, other random stuff. She gets stuff, it with so. beans and I fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh man, Taco Bell. Mm. It's one right by my house, so it's really like accessible to me, which is so, good and bad. So growing up, we had uh, a Taco Bell in our town, but it was a Taco Bell KFC. Yeah, I go but, Pizza Hut Taco Bell. But two towns over, they had yeah, they had the what I I call the the Taco Hut, right, the, the, the combination Pizza Hut and Taco. And Bell. I will I would never touch yeah Pizza Hut pizza. Bread However, sticks. the Taco Bell there was much better and had more things on the menu. So we would constantly drive the two towns over to get much better Taco Bell rather than I, just staying in our town. I, I would fulfill the combination by getting like, say, either the burrito or quesadilla or when those Doritos Locos tacos came out. Oh boy, I got my money's worth in that. And then I would always get the Pizza Hut breadsticks. With those little yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a Dorito guy. That I can't I can't stand getting that shit on my my fingers. Yeah, it's it's I gotta like lick every other bite just to kind of yeah keep I mean, it clean. Or maybe I start wearing gloves. They're kind of tasty. I mean, if I had uh, if I could just eat them and have someone else do the the finger licking for me, <laughs> I uh, just feed them to you like grapes. Yeah, uh, but I will say, uh, do you remember the three D Doritos? I do. They had like a jalapeno something. Those were good. I, I was into those. But Big they jalapeno weren't really, guy. Oh, I mean, I've never found something too spicy for me. So uh, I need spice on, on everything. Jalapeno, I don't even consider to be uh, a spice. That's just, that's just flavor. But uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, you and I were talking that... Looking back now, we think, I think both of us could agree that Henrik Lundqvist might be the most important athlete uh, to, to both of us that we, you know, we grew up watching, like he played during, I mean, obviously, you know, you talk about the other Rangers who have their numbers retired. We mentioned Leach and Graves, Richter, Messier, like that was something special. They won a cup. That was 94. You know, that was, that was a long time ago. Uh, I was young. I went to the parade. I still have my, my hat from it. Um, Dad took me out of school that day to, to go to it, but I don't know. I like, do I feel like I got the full experience of those four players? No, I I, I don't. Um, And then, you know, after that, like, you know, most of those guys stuck around for, for a bit longer and I I surely did love them. Uh, But it was just different. but Henrik Lundqvist, we got to see his entire career. Uh, you, you know, I I never miss a Ranger game. Uh, I'd say I've I've watched, you know, ninety five percent of his starts, if not more. Yeah. Um. He was greatness from from the time that he became a Ranger, and probably became a Ranger. You know earlier than anyone thought yeah um especially for a guy who was a seventh round pick and yeah i mean like the story is just incredible um so getting to see like a a player's entire career and you had mentioned when we were talking Derek jeter 
like we both got to see his entire career yep. as well. I know you're, you know, a much bigger Yankee fan than I am, but uh, you know, I, there's no denying, you know, the, the greatness there, the, the captain of probably, you know, the, easily the most famous baseball team of all time. And right. Yeah. But you know, did either of us watch a uh, 162 uh, sure Yan- did not. Yankee games <laughs> and you know we so we remember like the great moments and, and and stuff like that but Henrik Lundqvist you know it wasn't even you know he didn't have to watch 82 games you know because all the the various backups that he had over the years and you know some injuries and stuff and then just getting to see him in the in the playoffs was was something special and and we could I don't know. I I'll say like, you know, those teams that made deep runs, the only reason they did was because of Henrik Lundqvist 100%. without Henrik Lundqvist, that team was, those teams were not great. No. I mean, Lundqvist with those back-to-back shutouts in game six and seven, his game seven record in general, like he's especially that little run of about five or so years. Once they started going to those conference finals and like really making playoff runs, like his numbers were insane and they had to win games two to one in the playoffs if he's let in that second goal the rangers would lose so the way that he had to constantly be as close to perfect as possible and then even then still have to get lucky to get to the finals and even in the finals you know the four out of the five games went to overtime three of them went to double overtime like it just goes to show you like he put that team on his back and it was a roster that did not deserve to be anywhere near a cup final. They had some good guys. Like Zuccarello was great, but you know, at the end of the day, like when you really look back, Zuccarello is what a 60 ish point guy in his career. Nash was a point a game once and he had a couple 40 goal years, but like we didn't have any like real, real superstar talent in front of him after Yager left. Yeah. I mean, Zuccarello, I mean, he had a great nine year run with the Rangers. But- Absolutely. You know, I, I don't know. I I could see a time and a and a place. You know that uh, it's it's going to be hard because he's going to be so far removed from being a ranger. But him coming up as a ranger, those nine years were so great that like uh, I feel like there should be some some sort of commemoration or or something. I was real yeah. happy that uh, yeah he got to be there as the the Rangers played the Wild. Oh, he heard us and, right. Uh, yeah, you know the the Zook chants, uh, uh, watching from TV, and I, I could hear them, and it was it was nice and loud. Um, the the puck drop, the ceremonial puck drop between Mika and Zuccarello and, and Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, I was joking around with uh, saying like, you know, I've been thinking about getting uh, a back tattoo, but I've been struggling to come up with like the full design. Mm-hmm. I think I found mine. Lundquist that- dropping the puck between <laughs> Zabanajad and Zuccarello. There you go. That was a beautiful picture. Get it on, I, get it on your Zabanajad. I, I kind of want to find uh, a, a nice, uh, you know, eight by ten of that, and yeah. it'd be cool to have it signed by by all three. Have someone but, paint uh, it. Yeah, maybe. But uh, I don't know. It, it's it, it's so weird. Uh, Henrik Lundquist. I mean, the only thing he was missing was the Stanley Cup, and obviously you know, came kind of close once still hate the Kings, but, yeah. uh, I don't know if I can really hate the Kings 
too much because I mean they were clearly a better team. Yeah, I thought we would have won it the the year that we, the Devils went. Yep, I think we would have beat Chicago if Chicago beat LA in that game seven. I think we would have beat Chicago. Yeah, but I, I just that that year when we went to Game Seven with the with the Devils yeah, and then the, the Devils, yeah, and the Devils Adam, lose the things. Adam I, Henrique, I think, scored that. Yep, one. I I just think that that year uh, there there would have been no stopping them. So yeah. that, I mean, that's the only thing he's missing. He has the the you know the gold with the team Sweden at the Olympics, and he's got uh, world championship, world championship 20. with his twin brother. Yep. Um, 2017. He won that one late. I think it was like 2017 or something. Yeah. He has the Vesna. You know, you could argue that he probably should have more, but he was, you know, but nominated his first like four or five years yeah. in the he league. Sh- he should have won the Hart Trophy that year, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, I, <laughs> it's sad the way his career ended with the buyout and signing with the capitals and then not being able to play due to, you know, his, uh, you know, the, yeah, the heart surgery that he had to have. Um, right now I I'm glad that he never got to play for, for the capitals, but there's still that picture in the back of my mind of him in the practice jersey, in that red Jersey. Yeah. Which hurts. (laughs) Um, however, um, I think if he did play and he finally was able to get his cup, I, I'd be very happy for him. Um, yeah. So Henrik Lundqvist, tell, tell us more about that night. Yeah, I know. It was nuts. Like we, so, you know, you and I have been trying to get tickets for a while. Uh, I ended up getting a ticket at the very last second <laughs> by, uh, by myself. I had, I had some other friends in like different little groups that were there. Uh, and then by total chance, one of my friends who has season tickets that I usually use his tickets when he can't go, the two seats next to him were just wide open. No one ever came during the Hank ceremony. So he's like, well, if no one's going to come during that, then they're not coming for the game. So by complete chance at MSG on Henrik Lundqvist night, I was able to shift over and sit next to my friends because those bozos didn't show up. But uh, everything about it was really special. Um, even like the banner they gave us, I'm looking at here, is nicer than the one they created for Leech and Graves. Like <laughs> everything about it was just top notch from the very beginning. The Henrik chants throughout the entire night. You could barely hear Sam Rosen talk, honestly. I, I have to go back and rewatch the actual ceremony on TV because you couldn't hear it because we were just so loud in the crowd. And um, people, a lot of people were being really funny in the crowd. Like there was a. <laughs> silly point where they brought like his family out and the two daughters and someone in our section yelled give us a son so we get <laughs> Lundquist Jr <laughs> and uh no it, it was a really fun time by all and everyone in the stands like we we're all kind of like sharing our Lundquist stories just as we were waiting for everything to get going and you know it was just overall good time and they they did a really good job I knew once they were unveiling that trunk, I was like, this is going to be fucking something Louis Vuitton related once they were mentioning the travel. <laughs> and yeah, it was just very special. And one of the few times that I will ever justify spending as much money as I did at first singular game yesterday, I could have probably bought a fucking 20 game pass with that. But hey, for Henrik Lundqvist, uh, you gotta. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, you know, watching from home, I had the the biggest smile on my face from from 5 30 that day 
until puck drop uh, or until shortly after puck drop. Uh, well, we'll talk about the game <laughs> in a bit, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I was definitely tearing up a little bit. There, there was, there was emotions and um, oh yeah, you know, we, we've been lucky. We, we, we born into to Ranger fandom and we had Mike Richter. We had, what was there? Two years in between? Yeah, we had like two or three years of the Dunham, Blackburn, Dan Cloutier era. And I'll tell you, Cloutier and Blackburn were fun. Yeah, I mean, Cloutier, who can forget Cloutier challenging the entire bench to a fight? Yeah, the the Islanders. I mean, it was, and uh, and then we get Henrik and, you know, kind of take him for granted a little bit, you know, especially towards the end. I mean, you know, it's 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 funny. Um, that buyout, right? Like, what are we we're paying this year? We have to pay the last one and a half million on that. Yep. But <laughs> couldn't have found out about his heart condition a little bit before. Save us a little little scratch. What happened? There? I think they they mentioned <laughs> that they knew about it, but that it was always under control. And this was yeah, the year I that mean, suddenly, like, it something flared up. Should have just tossed him on uh, LTIR and yeah. uh, let him finish out his career that way. But, you know, whatever. Uh, really funny thing from, oh, not as funny if you're a Ranger fan, but, uh, you know, they bring Henrik into the booth. You know, he's been working with MSG this year. And, uh, uh, you know, they're they're asking him a bunch of questions. The the wild go on the power play. They're talking about Zuccarello and uh, Henrik. Basically goes well. Don't let that guy score. And Zuccarello unleashes a shot, beating Shesterkin. Yeah. And it was just like without pause. He goes, "Don't let that guy score." And Zuc did. Yep. So it was it was funny, but I was quite upset. Uh, and uh, you know, last week we talked about how the Rangers were, were back to their their old move of not showing up to games on time and then trying to chase them down. Well, this week it was, let's get out to an early two-goal lead and then blow it and then try to chase the, the game down. They did the same thing against Columbus just to get the game before. Yep, the game before. It was the Two-nothing same lead and then it was gone. They're struggling against teams that have like a – that play physical, which is funny since they tried to address that in the off season. And they're also struggling against teams that have like, are able to move the puck in the offensive zone adequately uh, five on five. Yeah. And uh, Rangers five on five has been a struggle the, the entire year. Yeah. And uh, so it, I don't know. It's, it's been interesting. Uh, it's any, hard too because they just they with that one loss they dropped to third. Yep. That's how tight the division is. Yeah, and uh, the schedule ahead of them gets uh, pretty tough. Um, you know, we, you hope that today is an easy yeah, game Seattle. As, as Seattle makes their first trip to MSG. But then we got Florida, but, Boston next. I'll, I'll be at the Florida game. Yeah, that that's those are gonna be. Those are going to be tough ones. Any oh, final... Florida's the last game, and then they don't play for two weeks. Yep. So hopefully uh, they can go into the break with a win. 
Yeah, and they have a longer break because they didn't miss as many games as some of the other yeah. teams. I think they only missed one. No, uh, there was definitely a game against Detroit, a game against the Islanders, I believe. A Flyers uh, game, maybe. Yeah, maybe there, yeah, there. maybe three or four. Yeah, but not you know not as bad as some of the other teams. They right. they kind of lucked out there. Um, any final thoughts on Hank? Um, the man is as I can't decide whether he's better at goaltending or better looking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there they're not a a more handsome man in this this universe. I mean, this guy the man has from, everything from top to bottom, you know. Yeah, you know? from, from all, all reports. <laughs> all reports, the dude has it all. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to find out what what he's not good at. Um we know he's good at guitar, he's good at tennis. I don't know, maybe yeah. we can beat him like in Scrabble cuz like maybe his spelling isn't great. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even. Like a, I just like, think he's like you a, gotta Peggy a, Hill him. Remember that a episode? wizard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's any flaw in this man. Uh, it has not been found yet. There, there should be uh, medical studies on on him. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Maybe he, I, I don't really know what the X Men are about, but maybe he's one of them. But. Uh, let's stay on the Rangers for a little bit. Adam Fox on the IR. Uh, it still has not come out whether or not he's going to miss the All-Star game. No, it just said he's missing three games, including until after the All-Star break, but they haven't officially said that he's out of the game itself. So I don't. maybe he'll yeah. come and do the skills and then not play in the game. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, I mean, it's it's nice to hear that, you know, he's just going to miss these games. Uh and be back after after the break but you know we're, this is the the reigning norris trophy winner and the the hopes were there for him to do it again and this just makes his journey a little bit more difficult yeah especially when i could think of three other defensemen who are you know very worthy of the award um but we'll talk about awards in a little bit i wanted to get your opinions on four rangers uh, we'll start with, uh, Braden Schneider. What, what have you, what have you seen so far? You liking it? I'm liking it a lot. I'm really impressed with his confidence with the puck. Um, you know, we've seen a couple times that he goes deep and he tries to swing it around and he has no problem trying to carry it through the neutral zone himself. He's not playing like a guy who's only played what six career NHL games. He's looking like a guy who's like, all right, this is the game that I know how to play. It's just to get at a bigger and faster level. I just need a second and go. Like he is not intimidated by the fact that he's playing in the NHL at all. Yeah, I mean, eight games, one goal, two assists for at, for a twenty year old. Twenty year old number six defenseman. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I've been loving what I, what I'm seeing here. Um, I think that he's already overpassed uh, Lundqvist and Jones. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know what, what the deal with Lundqvist is right now. I don't I also don't really know what the deal with uh, Nemeth is right now. They keep saying he's hurt, but they won't say what it is, and they won't put him on IR. Yeah, well, he was hurt in, 
and then he came back and then so and then he had a personal thing came came yeah. up so he left for like a week or two for that I, I think there's something that they're not telling us for personal reasons and they're just using ah, he's he's hurt it's fine don't worry about it yeah uh so i'm absolutely loving Braden schneider getting to watch him I, I didn't think we'd get to see him this soon i was very excited when we selected him um with that 19th overall pick was he like whl defenseman of the year or something or other i think so i think he won yeah i whatever, know whatever their version of the norris is that he won it and didn't we trade up to get him i think we did because i know the the devils really wanted him and then they wound up with uh who this is a tough name uh shakir muka madulin i'm sorry if i <laughs> destroyed that one uh, but he, he looks like he's going to be a good player too, but uh, I'm glad that we got Schneider and sorry devils. Uh, next player that I wanted to ask you about was Libor Hayek. Uh, this is a player that uh, I've been wanting off the Rangers for quite some time. However, I, I want him to be good. However, these past couple of games that he's played, he's looked confident. Yeah, he's been shooting. He's I, I have not been been hating him as much. What are you What are you thinking about Libor Hayek? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I think you know defensemen, their trajectory is not linear. Um, I want him to be good. I desperately want him to be good just to like justify that McDonough trade. If we can get Hayek and Lundqvist <laughs> to just be a solid pairing together, that I think that makes that trade worth it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, these past couple of weeks and you know, months really watching from the press box, like I, I, it sounds like Gallant really likes to work with these guys. And like, unlike what Quinn did where he would just bench a guy and then not really tell him why, like Heedles talked about it. Heedles mentioned how Gallant will actually tell you like, this is what I want you to be doing. This is why I want you to be doing it. I'm not just benching you and walking away and, and having you figure it out. So I guess whatever they did with Heedle. Um, they're doing the same thing with Libra Hayek and it's starting to pay some dividends. And sometimes you just got to watch the game from up top to get a different view, different vantage point, and just really start doing some homework. And it seems like so far so good the past little bit. And I, I really, really want him to succeed. Yeah. Especially Cause that left side has been, you know, so up for grabs all year that it'd be nice to have one less question mark. I'm just hoping he's he's boosting his trade value, even though I've been liking him as of late. <laughs> I, I don't see this to be sustainable. Uh, get something for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Philip Heedle. He's, he's starting to remind me a little bit of, uh, more and more about Pavel Buchnevich when he was coming up. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Buch turned into a, a pretty solid player. And uh it's sad that he's not on the Rangers anymore because he seems to be the type of player that the, the Rangers oh. could need and the, could easily The Rangers use, are so. in on Connor Garland. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. So uh, let's get through these Sorry. Last, yeah, just... last two Rangers. Yeah. Uh, Julian Gauthier. One move. He's got one move. And I love it. I love it. I just need him to get – if you're going to have one move, you have to score on it. He's he getting closer. He doesn't have to score. <laughs> or at he least create cr- havoc. <laughs> cra- crash to the net. Let there be a rebound. Bounce it off the, the goalie's pads. And I don't know if he had some decent line mates, maybe some of those would go in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I, I've been loving the way that he's been playing and now he's, you know, moving up and down the, the lineup and, you know, playing on the left side, playing on the right side. I like the, you know, his versatility there. I love, I love the effort every night. And I love the size six foot four, two twenty seven. He's Dude, listed at. He's got almost Kreider level speed too. If he could just yeah. like put it all together, if he can be a ten to fifteen goal version of Chris Kreider, <sighs> give me that. Yeah, I mean, and he, you know, the second power play doesn't get much time, but he uses the the Kreider spot in front of the net quite well. You know, trying to deflect shots and and bang in some rebounds. It's just. Uh, you know, that, that top power plays out there for a minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, the, the second power play gets about 15 seconds and then Gallant's already putting the fourth liners out there. Yep. They, they get the puck once it gets cleared out and then they get one quick rush and then it's over. Yeah. And now the last player I wanted to talk to you about is Zach Jones. Um, he just made his return to the team. Uh, his last game before this return, he was a minus three and hadn't played again. Uh, he got sent back down to the, the wolf pack after that. Yep. Um, he played in the game the other night against Minnesota. Uh, only has four games this year. What, what do you see here? Do you, do you, do you like him? Did, but what's what, I do, I do there's aspects of his game that I like like I like his speed I like I like the offensive side of his game uh I just think he needs more seasoning and like I said I think Schneider even though Schneider's a righty but just the way they're playing everybody I, I think Schneider's passing him on the depth chart um if you're going to be playing Zach Jones now it's really mostly to showcase him for a trade um which I think, you know, for a guy who's – when you talk about just, like, asset management, Zach Jones is an undrafted free agent. So if we can get literally anything for him or have him be, like, a sweetener in a piece, whether it's – No, he was a third-round pick. Zach Jones? No, I thought he was un- – oh, no. Who am I thinking of that was undrafted? Mm. I thought Zach Jones was an undrafted free agent that we got from UMass, Amherst. No, nope. it says third round, sixth pick in the third round, 68th overall, 2019 draft. Well then, never mind. Well then, for a third <laughs> round player, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if you can get anything for him, uh, I, I hope that he doesn't become like a Neil Pionk as we watch him flourish in Winnipeg. But we'll well, not so much guys. this year. Not as much this as, year as but... of yet. That they, I think the Jets might be my most disappointing team of the season. Yeah. Um, for me, Zach Jones is is high risk very low reward. I think for the, all the blind passes and passes up the middle that he makes to try to create offense that just hasn't come yet. Um, I mean, he's confident he's trying those things, but I mean, he has to remember he's a defenseman. Job number one is to defend. And I don't find him to be particularly good at that. And uh, with the, the offense not coming along, uh, quite as well as some of the other guys. I mean, I just, uh, I don't see a fit for him. I mean, we're talking about, you know, you got Fox Lindgren, Miller, Truba. That that seems pretty long-term to me. Yeah. 
unless you know you know Truba is probably not going to go anywhere and I think it's going to take a lot to trade Keandre Miller um and the only way you know Fox isn't going anywhere and the only way that Lindgren's going to go somewhere is if they really get themselves into cap hell but I think that yeah, would I, I really... think the next Lindgren contract is gonna be tough yeah I think that you know not having Lindgren it would really hurt Fox yeah. um and you know there isn't another guy who you know he's following the mold of a Dan Girardi or you know a Mark Stahl yeah, I, I think Schneider can do some of those things, but he brings so much more than just being a defensive guy that I wouldn't want to limit exactly. Schneider by putting him in that. Like, like he could do that job great, you know, kind of like the reverse well, like, McDonough, like what McDonough's been doing in Tampa, where they're just like, just play defense, don't worry about scoring. Like, you don't have to be like the dude here. Like, McDonough can be doing way more. I think of Schneider a lot in that McDonough mode. Well, it's the same that- thing with Miller. You yeah. know, they, they had Miller as like, all right, Miller, you go up there and we'll, we'll leave Truba back. And then, you know, he, he's doing, doing well. You know, he, Miller is a guy who grew up uh, a forward. He didn't switch to defense until right. college, you know, or college, high, college. high school, whatever it was, yeah. like th- four years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's a great defenseman. And then they go, you know what? You stay back and we're going to send Truba up. And that has worked out extremely well Yeah. Um, for the team, you know, yep. not as much for, for Miller's numbers. I mean, honestly, we kind of need it that way because <laughs> yeah, we can't we, have we, everyone's it, contract be nuts the next time. Exactly. Around. So where do you see this third pairing going? I'm not talking about this year where, you know, it seems to be a, a mix of the young kids and, and maybe Nemeth if he, if, and when he comes back, yep. um, and, you know, not talking about anyone that they're going to trade for unless you're talking about a guy with term. Yeah. Um, but we're, we just, we got Schneider, Hayek, we got Jones, you got Lundquist, Lundquist you got Reuninen, you got Robertson. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of players for, for two defensive spots and do you want to give both of those spots to young kids or do you need to have you know one of them anchored with with a a veteran like what they tried to do with Mills and Nemeth at the beginning of the year I think for the regular season they don't mind it as much but I think once the playoffs get started you don't want to have an entire third pairing of just rookies because that makes it really hard when you start pulling things back a bit on the bench, like later in games and tight games. And you, you don't want to destroy your top four by not having a third pairing that you can rely on, even just to spell them a couple times every now and then. Um, so I, I think they're going to end up doing something where there's going to be a veteran, most likely on that left side and the right. And is gonna be a they fight. have to, they would have to get rid of Nemeth first because they signed him to a three-year deal at yeah. the beginning of the season. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be some kind of lefty, on the third pair. And then the right is going to be a battle between Schneider and Lundqvist. Cause I think Jones is going to be out. Also Jones mostly plays the left side. He can play the right, but he's better on the left. Um, and you know, fucking coaches these days are convinced that you have to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, even though some guys can play both, but whatever. Is um, Schneider just like winning this job right I now? I think Schneider's, I think Schneider's winning the job because he can play both sides really effectively. Like despite what I just said, like he might be a guy that makes the Rangers think about, well, maybe the right side's a guy. Like depending on, it gives them the flexibility of who they can trade for. 
Can you see a pairing of uh, Schneider Lundquist? I can. Maybe not so much this year, but in, in no, the yeah, future. like next year. I think I th- that's the combination that I want. Like let Schneider play the, uh, like a Truba role, just like fucking lay people out, and then let Lundquist just be the smooth skating defenseman, and then Schneider just jumps in every now and then. Yeah, that's that's the pairing I, I, I want for the future. Like I'd love that. I just uh, you know I get a little worried about having the two young kids out there, but you know but, they're but Fox giving... and Lindgren were the two young kids last year too. Sure. Their first year. I mean, I've sure. seen not every pair is going to be like hit the ground running as they did, but you know. And Schneider's already getting penalty kill time, power play time. We know you know Nils got some power play time earlier in the in the in the year. Um, you know they they can play special teams as well, but yeah. You know, aside from Lindgren, there, there really isn't just like a, a true shutdown guy. No, I, I think Robertson is that guy, but he's not there yet. Yeah, he's not there yet. I, and, I think uh, Robertson is going to end up being the Lindgren replacement <clears throat> down the line. Yeah, we have three more years of Lindgren. Yeah. Uh, or two after this one. Two okay, yeah. After this one. Um, but, I mean, Lindgren, I mean... Three million dollars, and he's going to be an RFA at the end of this contract. Yeah, I mean, how much more can you pay for? I mean, a, a guy like Ryan Lindgren. I was going to say, if you can Maybe. keep him in that three and a half, three seven five, and down, then do it. But I think once he starts asking he, for above four for a guy who doesn't put up points, like it's rough. Because you, you got to hope that they've learned their lesson from Girardi uh, Stall. Exactly, but. Yeah. I don't know something about, you know, when you pair a guy with a Norris Trophy winner and it yeah. and it works, yeah, it's it's gonna get hard to say no. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that was uh. I just wanted to do a little check in on some some current Rangers. See see what what you were thinking about them. Yeah. Um. You want you want to talk about a former Ranger that had himself a nice little night. This week? Are are you talking about the leading scorer from the Stanley? Yeah, from the, the Stanley Cup year. I am Sergei Zubov, and that's that's a guy that they r- really fucked up by trading him. They really <laughs> yes. did, and, also, and it came down to honestly, it came down to Mark Messier. He said, "Get this guy off the team." They did. Part of the reason why I don't like Messier was the amount of control that he had over some personnel shit and we watched them trade away Zubov to bring back, was it, was it Robitaille again? Yeah. And it was, uh, so he got Ulf traded. Samuelson. He got traded for Luke and Ulf. Yeah, and let Pittsburgh. me tell you something. Luke Robitaille for my money is probably the best left winger of all time. Like I just love the way he played. I know, like they're left wingers with better numbers. Yeah. But for me, he was just. Well, do you consistent. consider Ovechkin a left winger? <laughs> well, it depends. You got to ask the hard. writers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't. Know, I just I loved Luke Robitaille. I mean, and Ulf Samuelson, of course, played such a a big role on those teams. Um, but yeah, he was tra- Zubov and Nedved. Yeah, to the Penguins for for Luke and Ulf. Um, do you remember how we got Sergey Zubov? Uh, 
Was he not drafted by the Rangers? Well, he was, but we we traded to get that draft pick because that oh. draft pick belonged to the Quebec Nordiques. No, then I have no idea. Uh, we got that because the Nordiques signed Guy Lafleur. Oh, a little comp- compensatory. Yeah, pick. And we talk about Lundqvist being a seventh round pick, Zubov, uh, fifth round pick. Yep. In the 1990 entry draft, which is funny to see, like, you know, that was 85th overall, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> was that, <laughs> that, that a late third... first these years? Would... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but man, Zubov was, was so good. Um, you know, that, that 93, 94 year putting up 89 points, 12 goals, 77 assists. Um, and then, you know, the following years in the, the shortened season, 36 points in 38 games. Yep. He goes to Pittsburgh, 66 points in 64 games. Playing with Yager and, and Lemieux too. Yeah. W- uh, only one year of that, luckily. Yeah. Um, but then goes, gets traded for Kevin Hatcher and Dallas. finishes his career with the Dallas Stars from 96, 97 to 2008, 2009. Gets another um, couple along the way. Yeah. Did he ever win a uh, Norris Trophy? No, right? No. Shame. Yeah. Joke. Um, and then it just took him too long to get into the Hall of Fame as well. Yep. What a, it's all a joke. But uh, I know watching that game and the, the ceremony, how much we both loved those Dallas Stars uniforms. Oh, my God. I tried to find one online the other day. It's 900 bucks. I didn't do it. But I thought about it, but I didn't. How's it nine hundred bucks? Because they only made him for the players for that game. Ah, uh, okay. So you would have been buying like the one that like they like Rupe hints wore in warmups. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're gonna have to make these as real jerseys coming up soon. And the second they do, I might buy myself either a Madano or a Zubob or something in the new version of it. But mm-hmm. I have to have it. Those are those would be your guys. I think I'm gonna go with Medano or or Zubov. Uh, maybe a Sagan if I wanted to go with the newer guy. But I think I would go <laughs> a newer Medano. guy. Sagan's <laughs> he's not new anymore. You know, current guy. Uh, yeah. Let's see. If I was to go, I don't know. I might have to go. Uh, Bowie Erickson, Brad Richards. <laughs> I might have to go. Uh, man. Oof. Turco? No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> Sean I guess Avery? Recent players or current players, uh, it'd be Miro Heiskinen. Yeah. But Rupe would be a good one too. Yeah. Uh, would I go Darian Hatcher? Maybe, maybe I'd go. Here, here it is. Here's my answer Neil Broughton. Brendan Morrow. I never liked Brendan Morrow. Really? I wasn't a fan. I don't know. There's, I mean, he was good. And then I remember he then went to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. later and stuff to try to get a cup. Did he, they didn't win the cup with him, did he? Morrow? No, I don't think no, he it was did. after that, after he left. They I also really loved Steve Ott. Yes, Steve Ott. You know, it really is a shame that Steve Ott and Sean Avery didn't get more than that, that 35 game run together. 
Yeah, they looked good. I, I went and I saw them play. Uh, they came to, MSG. I saw the, not, but I saw them at the the Coliseum. Oh, I went to the I went to the MSG game of that. Just destroyed trip. the Islanders. It yeah. was, they had the puck on a string. It was it was like watching, uh, NHL on like Sega, where <laughs> like the guys on one side, but they're all and, Jeremy Roenick. And yeah, and he just like lays that silky pass to the guy who's like right at the the opposite uh, post, and the guy just taps it in. And wow. I think they they did that like four or five times that game. Um, I love Jamie Ben as a player, but uh, uh, I've been uh, slightly turned off by him. Uh, not in the same way that women are, uh, yeah. but uh, I don't know. He won't, just, he won't just, do the deed. Just the struggles that him and Sagan have had the past couple of years have been it's been kind of kind of tough. I mean, pretty big fall from grace. Yeah, but yeah, those jerseys uh, do rule. Yep. Um, like I said, it's just ha- not having that the boxy fit for the new modern ones. It just yeah. So does it for me. Very, uh, very happy for for Sergei Zubov. Uh, very well deserving. It's a shame again that he had to not only wait to get into the Hall of Fame, but also wait to get uh, his number retired. It's, uh, you know, I don't know how old Zubov is now, but it's like, I don't know. We're trying to get younger people into the sport. Like, what does this do for like a, a 15 year old watching the game the other night? He has no idea who that is. No. So, like, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. I don't. I don't know, like, uh, the idea behind it, and you know, maybe there was, you know, management. To, you know, finally decided. I don't know how they decide these things. Maybe it was supposed to happen earlier, and it didn't because of the pandemic. But even that, you know, should have happened pre-pandemic yeah um but good for him uh what a, what a great player um uh we will talk about a couple other cool things that happened this past week but we will do it uh by talking about the islanders now you know i the islanders have been playing well i didn't watch these games but they had an interesting week mm-hmm Starting with Keith Yandel breaking Doug Jarvis's record yep. by suiting up against them. Uh, pretty cool that Yandel breaks the record. Uh, let's see how far he goes. See, um, hopefully Phil uh, Kessel gets there as well. Especially because when you think of, you know, an Iron Man streak, you don't think of uh, a man of Phil's physique. <laughs> um but pretty great. And then uh, the Islanders, I think it was their next game. It was Dowdy's 1,000th game. Yeah. Drew Dowdy, 1,000 games. I mean. I think it happened so quick. I was just going to say the same thing. Um, and, you know, he had been putting I together. Yeah, he'd been putting together 
is putting together a nice little season. It's a shame he missed that time with the injury. Yeah. I really, you know, well, I, I don't think we'll ever find out, but I, I hope that he would have made Team Canada and right. proven all those people wrong. I love how outspoken he is. Um, you know, he's a big chirper, obviously. How, how could you forget the Matthew Kachuk rivalry? Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, talking about the, those Los Angeles Kings teams that, you know, won the cup. But, uh, I mean, this is – we're talking about a, a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. Yep. Uh, easily. We're, we're talking about a guy who will have his number eight retired easily. Um, so pretty cool. And then the cool, th- another cool thing about that game, and I was certain it was going to happen against the Rangers. Uh, well, technically it did, but it doesn't count in the record books. Uh, Quinton Byfield scored his first NHL goal. Yep. And the, the reason why I say it, it, it had, doesn't count from the game before is because it happened in the shootout shootout yeah uh he put on a nice move too uh to score that one and then follows it up his next game against the islanders with his first career goal so congratulations to to quentin byfield he's going to be a great player yeah. um especially with the way that they're you know they have built that team to protect him with you know kopitar and uh the Deneau. signing of of Dino in the offseason really they, they've helps, been bringing him up at him slow which i like yeah well he had the injury he yeah you know so that he missed most of what last year uh yeah and then and then it was uh the training camp injury yeah this year uh with i think his ankle or something like that so uh you know fuck the islanders but uh you know they, (laughs) they hosted some cool events this week yep yep uh evander kane he has signed his deal with the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. played his first game last night, yep. and promptly scored a goal. Nice little tippy tip in the front. He was playing with uh, Yamamoto and McDavid. Not a bad way to start bringing in a guy, right? Yeah, not bad. I mean, I don't know. If you're playing fantasy, maybe maybe you're taking another look at Yamamoto right now. Yeah. Keep that line together. Um, but I think that, you know, all the all the shitty things about Evander Kane aside, uh, we both agree that he's a great player. Yeah, um, yeah, great players get a million chances um, and dollars. Yeah, and yeah, I'm surprised how much money he is making. I thought it'd be a lot less, but you know, understanding the, the being prorated and stuff like that. Yeah, it was 2.1 mil total, but then prorated, he's gonna get like around a million. I think he got a million dollar signing bonus. Yeah, something like that. Low base salary or whatever. Um, but I mean, this is just going to help this, you know, this Edmonton team. I mean, obviously, it doesn't solve the goaltending position, um, but just like obviously needed more depth behind McDavid and Drysital. You know, Nugent Hopkins has been injured. Hyman has been great. Um, you know, you see flashes from Puliyarvi and Yamamoto. Uh, but just adding in, uh, you know, Kane into that fold is really going to help this team. Yep. Especially yep. like that they, grit too. Yeah, exactly um, what I was going to say. He's going to play tough and it's going to be contagious. Like at least on the ice, uh, his style of game is going to be contagious for the guys and a team that's been, you know, called soft for throughout the year. Uh, we're going to see if he has a 
Revo type effect in terms of just the fact that he's out there playing the game the way he does makes will make people feel a little bit bigger than they are. And um, we'll see. You know, I wish him nothing but luck. I hope that he can turn some things around in life. But on the ice, he's one I've always loved watching him play. I used to go back and watch. Like I used to, I had an era in my life when I was like playing at like college and stuff where I, I would just pick different players to watch like YouTube highlight reels of and his early years, like in Atlanta and then going into Winnipeg, like, yeah, stud. Absolutely. I mean, there, I mean there's no denying how good he, he can be. Um, and he was doing that on some pretty lousy teams. Yeah. Um, he was creating a lot of the offense for himself with, he barely had, I mean, what, at one point, Burmistrov was his center. Where's, where's yeah. he been? Like, and, uh, so I don't know. My the thing that most interests me now is what his off is going to look like um, coming he, off this contract. If he tears you know, it similar, up, is he going to get paid again? Exactly, similar to to Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, um, who's having an outstanding year. Two shitheads obviously always find a way to get money. <laughs> obviously, both of them are going to want big money, as their play indicates. Yep. And they probably are going to want term. And I think term is going to be the thing that's going to scare teams away for both of them. Yeah. I think they're, you know, they're willing to pay the money money's yeah. money, but the, the term is just, uh, it's going to be interesting. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, what this does for the Edmonton Oilers, if this could, uh, you know, now they got that piece of the puzzle. Can they figure out goaltending? Yeah. So, uh, on Vander Kane, uh, let's talk about. I mean, we already talked about the the All Star game. Just wanted to point out that uh, they did ask Zdeno Chara to participate in the hardest shot. So kind of cool that like, you know, they are looking into you know bringing in some of these these guys uh to participate like if you want to see the hardest shot bring in the player who has the hardest shot yeah like let's not watch a bunch of guys shoot 89 to 93 and call that the hardest shot competition um but uh, unfortunately you know he politely declined um which is understandable for a man of his age and uh you know to have a weekend in Vegas where he's just expected to go out there, take uh, a couple take shots, three, and take three <laughs> shots and you know. call it a day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what the appeal uh, would have been for, for Chara to, to go do that. I don't know. Like if they incentivized him uh, with anything, but clearly it was not enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would have been fun, but, you know, like you said, at, at his age now, he's probably, like, been there, done that. It'd be nice, but I'm sure his kids are a little bit older, and he wants to just hang out. Yeah. Uh, I still can't believe how far away the, the trade deadline is because it feels like we're hearing trade rumors. We've Every been hearing day. trade trade rumors for, for months and months, and I, because I get all excited about it, I, I, I'm not helping uh, – you know, that cause because yep. uh, we're still many weeks away from it, but some new news. Um, we know that the, the Florida Panthers are, are all in 
yeah. on trying to to add to the the team making this you know team that that's clearly great uh even better they're, they're looking for a, a deep deep playoff run here and uh owen Tippett is now available former first round 10th overall pick yep um i guess that's you know he never really found his spot i felt like uh they struggled to find a, a good spot for him in this deep lineup which you know i guess is understandable um but it's kind of tough when you're, you're looking to to trade a guy who was your you know who's 22 years old and was a 10th overall pick yeah uh and so just uh to show you his numbers uh last year 45 games seven goals 11 assists 18 points uh and then this year he's played 39 five goals eight assists for 13 points um they already traded Henrik Borgström um, to Chicago. Yep. It's they've traded Devon uh, Devin Levi to uh, Buffalo. They already don't have their first round pick uh, this year. What do you think the the Panthers are are doing here? And uh, do you think they have enough to uh, to make a big trade? You know, obviously, I think their prime target would be a defenseman and probably, you know, Jacob Chikrin, but. Yeah, I mean, I like, like you said, they're definitely going for it this year and they're making they're putting all their chips available. They also want to do it while Joe Thornton's still there. Yeah, they um, don't have their first or their second this year. Yeah. Makes them. I, mean, I guess you have different. to. Yeah, you got to use a, a tip it to get but i mean i don't know i mean they, they got sam bennett is playing out of his mind as a florida painter this year so they've already Both made a lot Sam's. of their moves the reinhardt and bennett so yeah. i don't know how much more they need to really add other than depth just well i mean up front you think you got the two sams you got barkov huberdo then you have duclair verhage yeah i mean a guy like that needs to be in the top six and with those players ahead of him, he's not, he's not getting there, you know, and the way Anton Lindell plays and, you know, even E2 Lusterreinen, who I believe they got in the, the Vinny Trocek trade. I hope that they don't solid move Lundell. Cause I really do think that he's the, their, their Barkov light. Yeah. I mean, a while. if they move him, I hope it's to the Rangers. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, aside from that, I mean, if I was, you know, a Florida Panthers fan, I don't think there's any trade that I would include Lindell in. Yeah, I'm trying to think who, like, who would they be targeting? Like, who – they don't Chikrin. have a ton of cap space. They want Chikrin. Yeah. <clears throat> Some money's going to have to go out. Yeah, so, I mean, you're maybe, probably – Maybe Patrick Hornquist finds his way out because of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh... He's on IR right now, even so. But yeah, I mean that that seems to be like a the type of contract that you know the Coyotes love to take on. But you're gonna have to incentivize them to to take that contract. Yeah. I mean, are you gonna trade a a Denisenko? Who's another? You know, you can't just go be trading all of your young prospects. 
And now you're looking at trading next year's first and, and second. I mean, you might, if you're getting a chicken, you're probably going to move out a defenseman. Yeah. Is it, is it a, I don't know. You know, Gustav Forsling's been playing well. Radko Gudis has been playing well. I can't see them moving, you know, Mackenzie Weger. No. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's a tricky proposition. But tip it on his own. I mean, what do you think that you could get for for that uh, that piece? I, I think he has to be part of a bigger trade. I think he has to be part of it. I think because if you move him, you're just, what are you going to get? A solid third or fourth line guy. I, I'm not move, moving a former first round pick for something like that. So I think yeah. he needs to be like a sweetener piece in, like you said, whether it's the Chikrin deal or or whatever. I don't. I don't think you move him on it. Him on his own isn't enough to move the needle to make anything worth bringing back being better than him. Yeah. So I just you know you always find it interesting when <clears throat> a guy of you know who's still that young with that pedigree is uh, you know deemed available through trade. Yep. And talking about being deemed available through trade, uh, the Seattle Kraken have basically said uh, there's no untouchables on this team. Open for business. I would imagine Beneers. Well, he's like not that. on. Yeah. Not on the team. Yeah, but like Giordano's gone. Uh, I'm trying to think who else might be. Schwartz maybe. Eberle might move. I mean, it's hard to move the, you know, an Eberle contract or a Yanni Gord contract. Yanni or, Gord will look so good in Ranger Blue. I know, but that's a little bit over hard. five million for the for this year and three after. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Jonas Donskoy hasn't scored a goal yet this year. Um, I think you could get him real cheap. And I think you want him to know, be the, the Ryan Clo. Yeah, you surround <laughs> him. Yeah, you surround him, you know with some good players. Uh, he's a guy who's he's played a lot of playoff games. Yeah. You know, on the, the various teams, be it the, you know, the Sharks, the Avalanche, you know, Jared McCann's had a good season. Um, he's going to be an RFA at the end of this one. Yep. Uh, I'd be looking, I, I really have always loved Callie Yarncroke who could play, you know, anywhere up and down the lineup, whether it's center or either wing. Yep. He's only making two million for the rest of this year, and then UFA. You got you know Marcus Johansson, Mason Appleton, Riley Shayan, Ryan Donato. Uh, I'm not sure what they're gonna do with the with the back end. Yeah. Aside from Giordano, you know, because since they, you know, obviously I, they quite like Alexiak and and Larson since they went out and you know signed them to big contracts and yeah. I, probably take a lot to get Vince done. I don't know. Maybe you're looking at a Carson Susie or a Hayden flurry. I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. And I, I also imagine Chris Dreger is uh, going to be, you know, out there as well. So. Yeah. Is this Ron Francis's chance to, you know, kind of make up for his uh, expansion draft where he, made no moves and didn't collect picks and prospects the way Vegas did. I think he was, he might've been looking at this draft as the one that he liked more. And, and that might be why he's like, you know what? 
We'll get a bunch of guys. If it works, it works. And then if not, we blow it up because next year's draft is one that I like anyway. I mean, obviously, this is the Shane Wright draft. Um, they're yeah, but the next to get the, him anyway. The, but it's the year after. Is Bedard? Is the Bedard draft? Yeah. If you could find a way to go, Maddie Beneers, uh, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, then. Well, the new rules wouldn't allow that because you can't get the first two years in a row anymore. Three years in a row. Right, but you can't you can't get it back to back. Right. Uh, no, I thought it was, you can't go a third year because they got Beniers with the second pick. Right, so they can oh, get the right, first. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They can get the first be... next year. Well, this year they could get Shane Wright, but that would take them and out of, of the getting for next one. Yeah, you gotcha, can't get. Gotcha, 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 so gotcha. Shane Wright and Bedard cannot be drafted by the same team if they are both, you know, as expected to be, you know, the first overall picks the next two drafts. Gotcha. So, but there's, you know, there are other guys as well. But yeah, I mean, Seattle could definitely use one of those too. Yep. Um, but there's some competition at the bottom. Arizona. But, who's looking at a new home. <laughs> yeah, here, let's, let's, let's talk, we'll jump to that yeah. since, since you brought it up. Uh, Arizona Coyotes looking at playing at ASU. 5,000 cap. This new arena currently holds 5,000, as you said. However, with the adjustments that they would need to make to make it NHL ready, they're estimating it could bounce down to like 3.2. Oh, because for the rink and for the camera stuff and... Yes. And then they also have to pay to build proper facilities like dressing rooms um, or locker rooms, whatever you prefer to call them. Um, And they would be there for like three years if this Tempe deal goes through to get the new arena there. And this players at ASU. And first off, first off, this also these arena updates will not be ready by the beginning of next season. So they're looking at starting next season on the road. Like the Islanders did this year. Yeah. Do you, if you're a player at ASU, Mm -hmm. do you trade off? the amount of people that can be in your building for having nicer behind the scenes facility stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, that that's, you know, all well and good, but the other thing that you have to imagine, you know, you're a hockey player at ASU, right? You're probably doing quite well for yourself with the ladies there. Oh yeah. And now you have to compete with uh, Barrett Hayton and potentially uh, Jacob Trickern if they don't move him. <laughs> Clayton Keller, you know, some guys that uh, aren't too much older could probably have a lot of fun on that campus. And, you know, talking about Clayton Keller, who's already making over seven sheets a year. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, if I'm a third liner on, on if, ASU, if Johnny Walker on ASU, it's things are. <laughs> Things might start to dry out a little bit yeah. in the desert, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like, be cool for the ASU players to have you know some pros around. Yeah, right. Like, especially like during the week and stuff. Like when you'd be there for. But I guess how annoying then does that make it? Well, they wouldn't scheduling games. Yeah, that'd be fine. 
Like the Coyotes just don't play on the weekends anymore for three or five years. Yeah, and then they're you know ASU is at home every weekend. Yeah, true enough. Fair. So, I mean, it's going to look awful on TV. Yes, because it's going to be tight. Yeah, um, because it's, you know, the camera angles look best from up top. There is no up top. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a small arena. Um, and now you got to think about, you know, this hurts all the NHL players. When, yeah, when, for it. you know, not that they're, they would be filling an, an 18,000 seat arena. Marshawn doesn't think they could even fill the five. <laughs> I don't think they can either. Um, but, you know, it hurts. I mean, you gotta, you gotta make money back and, you know, they do make money when, you know, some of the Canadian teams go down there because a lot of Canadians have, have moved to the Arizona area, you know, people from New York, you know, the Rangers do it well everywhere on the road for the teams like this. Um, You know, some star players come through, you know, you might go out and be incentivized to see them rather than, uh, you know, being excited to see Andrew Ladd. Um, so, I, I mean, I just don't understand. It's like Gary Bettman has fought for the, for this team for so long. The, it's over. It's over. Get them out of there. The, the league needs the revenue. The players need the revenue. Uh, Jeff Merrick was saying that they'll probably, if they were to do it to get that relocation money, uh, the league would probably buy the the coyotes again and then uh, you know put it up for relocation so they could get that fee right um, I mean it's like you know, th- I think three the, the, the three years is that, is that they're so stubborn and they're so committed to Arizona because of that downtown um, market that I think it's gonna end up staying as much as I like I it, they should just fucking just go to Houston you can still be the coyotes and whatever. But uh, I, I think, like, they're dedicated to staying. Yeah, I mean, but there's, there's so many better places. And also, it's like, all right, we're three years away from potentially having an arena in Tempe, right? Yeah. Well, we've seen teams move and come back. Minnesota had the North Stars, lost them to Dallas, and they got the Wild. Winnipeg. Winnipeg went to Arizona and then stole Atlanta. Yeah. Get this team out of here this offseason. See a, if you can do see a if you can three do year a, lease in Houston and see how it goes. No, not even a three year lease. Give Houston or Quebec City or anywhere, anywhere else. Fair chance. Put them in a a, a proper building where you could potentially make money. And then if the Coyotes get this build or Arizona gets this building in Tempe, then in three, four, five years, start looking into that market again. And if that's what you wanted, well, now you have the proper arena and facilities. Now you could put a team there until then get them out of there. This is hurting the league. It's, 
the biggest i don't want to say the biggest joke in the league there's, <laughs> there's far too many we're, we're laughing all the time um but it's a huge joke and you know it's like there's other markets that could do so much better and just even and there's markets that want them Arizona's been almost like forcing them. I mean, at least Phoenix area or whatever it was anyway. Like there's areas that are begging for them to come there. There are CHL teams that have uh, better attendance and have, you know, arenas that fit more than this is going to fit. Yeah. Like put them there, you know? It's just, uh, this can't go on any longer. And, like, I don't know. I don't think anyone in Arizona is attached to this team. You know, they have four players signed for next year. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You know, it's going to be rough, too. And they might – they're probably going to – you know, Chikorin and Gostaspare might both get traded. They're both signed for next year. And the other thing to think about, too, is that if they do go forward with this ASU arena thing – and like you said, if it's gonna be, if it ends up being anywhere in that three thousand or even the, the maximum of five thousand, uh, this team, a team that already doesn't spend any money, is gonna be hovering around the floor for as long as possible because they're not gonna be making any revenue. How well, do you, they, make, you make any ticket? Yeah. You have three thousand people max at a game. Yeah. They have spent a, a lot by taking on bad contracts, but a lot of those bad contracts are going to be coming off the books soon. Um, and it is of note to say, you know, all things in mind, this team can't be, won't, shouldn't be so bad for so long. They have their own plus Colorado and uh, potentially Montreal's, uh, or they do have Montreal's pick. It's just whether it's going to be Montreal or Carolinas, it's going to be Carolinas. Um, and then they have their own and they have four other second round picks already. And that does not, you know, include all the players that they're potentially going to be moving at this deadline. Right. So this could be a pretty quick rebuild if they're doing things properly, you know, um they have you know they got dylan gunther in the draft he's gonna be a great player yep uh jan yenick another player that you know i'm excited for um and then uh what's the defenseman soderstrom oh carl carl soderstrom Uh, no victor no victor uh, Isn't there a carl soderstrom at there somewhere yeah i think there there was was chicago or something at one point or um I'm thinking Carl Dahlstrom now. Anyhow. But Victor Soderstrom, I mean, that's a, you know, another good young piece. Carl Soderberg. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah never mind. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think there's this team can easily turn it around with all the expiring contracts, all the picks that they have and some of the picks that they've already made. But it's clear that Arizona does not care. So get them out. I mean, how happy would Quebec city be to have a terrible hockey team? Yeah. They wouldn't care. They they'd show up Houston. 
uh, probably as well. You know, Houston's just easy because, you know, they want uh, another team in Texas and, and you don't have to really scramble up the, the divisions that way. It's, it's good for alignment, but I don't know. I, I want, I want them to go back to Quebec city or not back, but I want Quebec yeah. city to have a team. And then it'll be fun to follow that lineage <laughs> of how, well, these Quebec uh, Nordiques aren't those Quebec Nordiques because these were those Winnipeg Jets, but those Winnipeg Jets are not these Winnipeg Jets. Like, <laughs> well, here the fact I, that I this say, franchise specifically is the one that keeps moving around is what makes it kind of well. Fun. When I think at the end of this Coyotes run, I think they need to return all the Winnipeg Jets uh, records. records and and numbers to, to to that team to the current Winnipeg Jets. Um. And then just go from there. But I don't know. It's it's a mess. It's a joke. It's 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 something. Yeah. Um, talking about former Coyotes, Connor Garland. Vancouver's putting him on the trade block. Yep. He could be already. available. Yeah, already. Um, you know, they just traded for him and signed him to uh to a pretty decent contract uh you know he's making just shy of five million dollars for um it was a five-year deal yep five times five he's got 24 points in 39 games and he's only 25 years old yeah so this contract will take him to his age 30 season um you know we're talking about you know rangers need forwards and probably someone with term they were looking at jt miller the price might be too high on jt miller who only has one more year after this and is three years older however miller can play center um but connor garland could play either left or right wing and you know maybe could be gotten a little cheaper what do you think If, if you're the rangers What's your interest in Connor Garland? I like him a lot. He, he's a, uh, he's a little water bug out there. As he's, you know, he's always going hard for the puck. Like this is a guy who, where effort is not going to be something you have to worry, you have to ever worry about with him. Yeah, and he could, you know, he's he's on pace still again to get to for another twenty goal season. So, what do you think the price to get yourself a Connor Garland is? Um, I mean, if. They're saying that Phil Kessel's worth a second. I think Garland's really going to be like a second. I don't think he's going to be a first rounder. It's going to be like a second and something good. A second and a, a decent prospect? Yeah. Where JT Miller's probably a first and a decent prospect? Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Rangers, I, uh, you know, that, that, mil- uh, it's nice. So it would be nice to have the reunion. It'd be nice to have another center. But, uh, I think I would have just shifted my, you know, my shopping list to Garland over, uh, over Miller, but that's yeah. just me. Um, I mean, I'd also rather have Garland than Miller too. Like uh, as good as Miller is as a player. I mean, there's a reason that he was shipped out of New York and then he didn't stick around that long in Tampa. And then now we had the rumors this year of him, well, the, 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 his camp versus Horvat's camp. And yep. I don't know. It seems like everywhere he goes, he just. He's the Tampa a, thing was, was a cap crunch was a cap crunch. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to place blame on him there. No, but you know, 
Yeah. I don't know. It seems like quiet trouble seems to follow him around a little bit. Yep. Um, have you heard of this Barry Colts goaltender, Mac Guzda? No. So supposedly teams are looking to sign this guy. He's 21 years old. And uh, interestingly enough, a hockey player from Knoxville, Tennessee. There you go. There you go, Nashville Predators, inspiring players to, uh, uh, you know, get into the game. Uh, also of note that I just saw right this second, uh, cousin of Mark and Jeff Wojwitka. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Mac Guzda is, uh, the, as I said, the goaltender for the, the Barry Colts. Um the Rangers are amongst teams that are looking to sign this player. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are probably the front runner here. Yeah. They're really interested in him, especially as rumors have come out that, um, you know, since things haven't quite worked out for Peter Morazic in Toronto, um, other teams have called and are interested in trading for him. Um which, you know, is very interesting to me. Um, so I could see, you know, the Leafs signing this guy and, you know, trading Mrazek and, you know, making some some moves around that to, you know, get some of that money off the books and bring in a, a young goaltender. But yeah, Mac Guzda, uh, six foot five, just wanted to put this name on, on your, your radar here. Um, 14 games for Barry this year, 2.04 goals against, 931 save percentage. It's not bad for the Uh, OHL, a league that does a lot of scoring. Yeah, and the past couple years he's had played for the Owen Sound attack. Gotcha. Um, Where you could, if you look at his numbers, you could just see a a steady, steady improvement over the years. I, I I don't watch the O... Uh, enough or followed enough to see you know to know how good those teams were that he was on yeah but you could see his numbers year over year just uh steadily improving so i don't know interest there you know rangers already have some good young goaltenders in the pipeline and you know huska and uh what's the other name i'm forgetting uh the guy's name tyler wall uh, tyler wall and then they um dylan garand 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 was uh he was canada's world junior yeah Probably. he was really good so you yeah, know tyler well, i should say in the fucking the game and a half they played but yeah. you know he's been, he, he's been good but like huska's on the the taxi squad right now him and wall are both 24 obviously we're talking about you know moving georgiev at the end of this year I don't know. Maybe next year we go in with a a twenty seven year old Shesterkin and a twenty five year old, you know, Wall or or Huska, and then you know this, you know, Mac Guzda fella uh, yeah. steps right into the A. I don't know. Something to look out for. It was a name I had never heard of, and now he's on my radar. Wanted yep. to put that out there. Um, here's a name that I'm interested in only because he's a player I really like and he's on a team that is very much cap crunched. 
and that's Kevin Fiala. He's an RFA at the end of the season. Again, another 25-year-old player making 5.1. Despite Minnesota being as good as they are, do you think this is a player that could get moved at this deadline? I don't think so. For maybe a player who's making a little bit less, has more term, and, uh, you know, could step into the lineup right away? No, I think if it if any kind of move like that happens, it's an offseason move. Like I don't think Gary wants to fuck with this team too much with the way they've been playing. I don't know. It, it sounds like he wants to make some moves from you know some of the accounts that that I've heard, and I think he he realizes he probably needs to start getting ready for the the big crunch that's coming. Yeah, I mean, but, I could see him being moved later. I just don't think it's going to happen in at the deadline. I think I think this team deserves a legitimate playoff run with the way they've played together, and then Garen can assess after what he's going to do with you know that suitor and pre-save money that's going to fucking skyrocket next year. It might be too late. It might be too late for that franchise at that point. But I mean, Goligoski's making five million. You know, if they decide to keep him, he's been playing great. He's thirty-six years old. You know, you could probably get him down to three. He's a Minnesota boy anyway, or 36-year-old man. Um, You know, you could save a little bit of money there. Victor Rask, that, you know, he's a UFA. That's saving you $4 million. But, I mean, Fiala's already at 5.1. What's his ask? I mean, he'll be a six-ish. He won't hit seven, but he'll be like a six point five. I think he's. I think, you think he's, he's gonna go seven. seven. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, on the open market, 30, 31 points in thirty nine games this year. Twenty five years old. I don't know. And he, also to point out, he's doing all that, and he's getting like third line minutes. You know, middle six minutes. Yeah, they're not. You know. He's not on the Kaprizov line. He's not on the, you know, the the big boy line with uh, Felino and Greenway. Right. You know, he's playing with uh, Victor Rask and uh, like Freddie Gaudreau. No, uh, Boldy. Boldy's. Oh, the... Matthew Boldy. Matthew Boldy had, had a nice little goal the other night, though. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But so I don't know. It's uh, it's just an interesting name and you know a player I've always liked. So, but I think yeah, he's I think he's a seven million dollar player. It's crazy. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like I also think about the fact that like I always try to compare these big UFA cap hits to numbers that we've seen in the past, and like it's still you can't do it. It's weird because like back then we were watching guys like Drury, Gomez, Gabrick. All getting seven point five million during an era where the cap was like what between fifty and sixty, and now we're at the caps at about eighty four, and you're still not really seeing that many guys like in the seven. It's like either everyone's either like a six and down, or and then or you get you get like those nine and a half and up. You don't see a lot of like seven and a half, eight and a half million dollar guys right now. Yep. Yeah. No, it's weird. Like. I guess like you know, a lot of the middle players got their like you know, a f- 
back then a $4 million player was like, this dude better be on your fucking first line. And now you're paying like third liners four yeah. mil. Uh, last player I want to talk about. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to talk about two players as I talk about this team. First, uh, Claude Giroux. The Avalanche want him bad. How does this work? <laughs> they have they no are, cap. And he's they have, and they have no cap. Like five plus. They have no cap. They have no first round pick. They have no second round pick. I just don't think it happens unless you're moving like a Sam Gerrard or something, but you wouldn't do that for if, a rental Claude Giroux. But what if Claude Giroux says, please trade me to the avalanche. Um, I'm going to come back at the end of the year or in the off season. Um, do whatever you can to make this trade work. Arizona walks away with something. But how could they walk? What are they walking away with when the Avalanche don't have anything to, to give up? Yeah. So anyway, it's really interesting. And then uh, of great interest is that Burakovsky and Kadri are both UFA at the end of this year. Kadri's going to get paid. And uh, the rumor that I heard would be if he does not stay in our, in uh, Colorado. Don't be surprised if he winds up a flyer. I mean, he's that he's the type of player that they want that they've yep. been missing since they let Braden Shen go to St. Louis. <laughs> the Flyers had so many guys that they just, I mean, you know, whatever, we'll get to them, but just the whole thing they've done, like they've had so many guys that they just move and a lot, you know, that comes back to that Brian, the uh, Hextall and Clarkie exchange from a couple of weeks back. Like he's right. They had a bunch of guys that they let, that they moved around to then what? To then bring in Nolan Patrick? Yeah, I don't know. Bad asset management. And then even this year, they have a bunch of guys and just what for whatever reason, it has not panned out bringing in Ellis and just a line in. And well, Ellis is because of the injuries. Wrist injury. line is just not good. They gave up a first and a yeah. third for him, I'm pretty sure. Something like and that. They might trade him. And Tim Atkinson's what? been good, though. He's He's been the well, one yeah, move. Yeah, I mean, Especially when you're looking at Voracek, have he's still, still sitting with what one goal on the one year? One goal, yep. So I mean, that was a, a smart move. It cleared space, and you got a better player. But yeah, Ristolainen. I mean, they spent a first and a third. They might go to trade him now. What are you going to get for him? A second? Second. Yeah. Split the difference. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's do some mid-season awards. Neither yeah. of us have thought about this at all. Nope. Um. Start with the Hart Trophy. I'll let you go first here. Um, Hart Trophy's hard this year, but I'm gonna go. I don't know if you can give it to McDavid or Jarsidle because that team looks really bad. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna go Hart Trophy, Jonathan Uberdo. Uh, I'm going with the grade eight. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing what he's been able to do still. Yeah. Uh, I know the Capitals have been struggling a little bit here lately, but it's not, not his fault. The Norris trophy, obviously, uh, 
you know, missing three games for Adam Fox could be uh, something tough to, to come back from. Who do you got here? I think it's going to be McCarr's year. Just I think of, it, the goal scoring. The goal scoring and also the fact that, like, since he came in, he's been talked about as one of the best defensemen in the league right off the bat. So it's kind of a combination achievement award slash, but also the goal scoring. Like, you, you can't argue – if McCarr is the winner, I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, Victor Hedman should probably win this award every single year. Um, and then you can't forget about the how incredible Roman Yossi's been. Yeah. And would you be surprised if Drew Doughty gets, you know, keeps crawling, no. crawling up there and gets his name involved again? A name that I'm surprised, though, that has completely fallen off the map of this conversation, Quinn Hughes. Yeah, well, Vancouver has been a mess. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I'm going McCarr for this one. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to win it, but I still think Hedman should win it every year. Yeah. The Calder. Calder's going to be tough. Oh, I think the finalists are going to be Zegris, Raymond, Sider. Yeah, I think so the Detroit splits votes. They split and the votes, it's... and Zegris just because of, like, the dude's a human YouTube highlight reel. So I think based on that and, like, the name value, it's going to be Zegris. And, I mean, especially if Anaheim makes the playoffs. Yep. They're one point behind Vegas to, to be at the top in the Pacific right now. Yeah, crazy. A team that we Vegas, all thought that Vegas was has two get blown up this year. Yeah, Vegas has two po- uh, two games in hand. Yeah, we were, we were talking about where's Getzlaff going to go at the deadline this year to get another run, and it's it's looking like staying home is the answer. Yeah, I mean it's still crazy that you know right now Anaheim and Los Angeles have uh, you know playoff spots, and San Jose is one point out yeah. of the. Uh, out of the wild card yep. and one point up on Edmonton. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think just because of all the excitement and, you know, the exciting plays and, you know, he's going to uh, participate in the, the all-star game. I think all, all signs point to him, but uh, my personal vote would be for more insider. Mm-hmm. Do you see him defenseman and, did you see him going after uh, Crosby the other night? No. Yeah, they they had the refs not been there, I think they would have dropped the gloves. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was fun to watch. Um. Hmm. Do we talk about the Lady Bing? Is that even worth talking about? Sure. Lady Bing can go to. I don't know. Fucking. Timo Meyer. There you go. <laughs> uh, Kyle Cotter. Uh, yeah. All right. What about the, the Selkie? Do, you, do we care about that one? Barkov. I, I like the Selkie. Selkie is one of my favorite trophies. I'm I, want, Barkov. I, I want it to go to a winger. It's been a while. Yeah. What about uh, Elias Lindholm? He's been ripping it up this year, too. Yeah. He's, he's my pick. Yeah. All right. Now we'll get into the last three here. This one's fun. The Vesna. I, 
I mean, I Shesterkin's top three in every stat, yeah, analytically just... and like like the like the big boy stats as well as like the fucking like analytics nerd stats. Like he is like top three or top five in everything. Yeah, I. It might come down to like games played. You know, he had the the injuries and yeah. you know, miss missed some time and you know more time might you know see how uh the the rest of the season goes we know his playing is going to be um you know you know we know his play is going to be good it's just yeah. a matter of how everything else shakes out yeah. uh i mean for me you know just like headman should win it, uh the norris every year i mean vasilevsky's the best goaltender in the world yeah uh i also want to say vazzy it's probably just my vote. Uh, I prefer it to be Shesterkin. I, you know, hey, it would be great. You know, Shesterkin just like dominates the second half of the year and just like cements it for himself. The, yep. You know, Rangers it. climb up to win the division. He wins the Vesna, and then we go. But I think uh, a, a nice nod to Tristan Jari. Yep. The season that he's been putting together is uh, pretty impressive. I, I didn't. Bobrovsky's had a good year. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys who are going to be in that conversation. You're going to see a very mixed um, voting ballot for the Vezina this year. How about the Jack Adams? I I think people, I think it should go to a Gallant or a Bedner, but I think you're going to see what happens often in that Andrew Burnett's going to get it. As his first year as a head coach, dealing with the craziness of the aftermath of Joel Quenville being fired, the Chicago stuff, Florida's been on a tear. I think you're going to see Andrew Brunette get it. Yeah, I think uh, Mike Sullivan, just, yep. you know, starting the season without Malkin, Latang, <laughs> you know, and still turning in this type of season when people were questioning, is this even uh, a playoff team anymore? Yeah. Uh, and he is just a uh, you know a name that always pops up. Uh, and then GM of the year. Uh, I think you have to go with Florida. Is that uh, Bill Zito? Bill Zito. Yeah, I, I mean, for everything he did, like we we mentioned before, they brought in the Sams. He's gonna, you know, do something else here at the deadline. Uh, this. This has been a very exciting team to watch these last couple of years, especially now this year. We saw the breakout of it. You know, the year when, when they went against Tampa in the first round. Was that, was that last year? Yeah, last year. Uh, Florida is a, is a team on a mission, and they are built extremely well from top to bottom. That's why I really can't even see them making like another major move at the deadline because they don't really need that much. Florida. Barry Zito is a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going with Bill Zito as well on – Unless or until we see Jack Eichel playing games for the Vegas Golden Knights, the and then it might have to be Kelly McCribbin. Isn't it crazy how we talked about Jack Eichel every fucking day for months, and then now it's now we're just waiting. It's been quiet, very quiet on the Jack. All quiet on the Eichel's front. <laughs> yeah, so I did not like that book. No. <laughs> uh, so that's our mid-season awards. It's, uh, you know, doesn't uh, 
fully aligned with our preseason who's, who, who's awards. Your, who's your Art Ross? I mean, the, mine's Huberdo. I think the way really? I think it's going to be Huberdo. He's only a point or two back. I think he's going to surprise and come out on top of ahead of McDavid and Tricital. Not by much. It's going to be like by two, three points max. But I don't know. I'm going McDavid. Yeah, know. especially with uh, Kane on his line now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want it to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, anything else hockey related before we move on? Uh, no, just one quick touch is that Jeremy Colleton is now in as coach for Team Canada uh, at the Olympics. Claude Julien is out due to an injury. He didn't say what. It, just, it happened like 10 minutes ago or whatever while huh. we were on here. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And so Carlton's in, Claude Julian's out. And then Calgary is also back in talks with getting in a, their arena situation handled. At one point, they pulled out of conversations with the city over a minuscule $10 million, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Which was all like uh, to put in like the proper eco-friendly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that conversation's back on the table, which you knew it would be. They, you're not going to let an almost billion dollar arena be, you know, not had over $10 million. It's pennies compared to the dollar, as, you know, relatively The Canadian speaking. dollar. The Canadian, the loony. The loony. You'd be a real loon to, to let this deal completely fall apart over such a small part of it. So it sounds like they're going to get it done one way or another. And uh, that is all. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Duck's still looking for a GM. Hearing yep. uh, Pat Verbeek could yep. be uh, could be the guy. And then Ryan Martin from the Rangers is another guy strong yeah. in the mix. And uh, I'm a lot still of former think- players GMs though. It's happening. Yeah, you see Sakic, Eiserman. Uh, um, you you might now see um, Pat Verbeek. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you know, Timo Solani was rumored to be asked, yeah. but he's just, he's got a million things. He has his own restaurant that he has now. And he's really like <laughs> focusing on that. Um, he's just doing, he's like living, he's loving life. I don't think he wants to really like work, work in the hockey world. And it's not like as a job as extensive as GM. Uh, and I do think that eventually it's going to be gets last job. Yeah. I don't know if he, he wants it though. I think he's, I think he's already been doing some like light, behind the scenes showing up to meetings and stuff I heard. So I, th- I think he's, just, he's getting a feel for it. If it's something that he'd be interested in, in after they're done playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I was going to complain about a, a different podcast, but I actually don't even want to, don't even want to mention their names. Let's, let's and, be happy today. Uh, give them any, any light there. So you do any punk shit this week. I kind of, I, I never well, I wrote, like when it starts with kind of, well, I wrote that song that I sent you guys. And then I just went on like a real kick. Oh, um, so you're doing more th- you're doing yeah. the segment where you oh. talk about things you, you can't really talk about. No, I can talk cool. about other stuff. I um, went through a kick of going back, listening to all like the fat volumes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. I don't know. I feel like, Physical fatness. Physical fatness. Um, I like the, the short music for, for short people. Yeah, of course. It's a good one. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like I've been, I don't know. I don't want to say burnt out, but I, I'm a lot of new music these days just doesn't interest me. Like I, nothing has really caught my ear. Like I put on the Amel and the Sniffers record the other day. And in my, my re- immediate reaction was, oh yeah, this is good. I can see why people like it. And then I just didn't play through the whole record. So I don't know. It's, it's so good. I, 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 I know that I like it. Like, <laughs> I just wasn't in the mood, I guess. Yeah. When I had it on, I was like, "This is good." But I'm gonna revisit this later. Um, I I feel like music lately hasn't. I mean, other than that turnstile record that you hate, uh, nothing's Garbage. really just like grabbed my attention enough to make me listen to it like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. Maybe because like we haven't played shows in forever and practicing, and like I'm feeling more and more removed from the punk world a little bit through everything that's been going on. And I wonder if that's affecting me wanting to listen to stuff. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think you gotta, I think you gotta up the punks. I'm trying. So I had it, I had it on. I was like, this is good. Anyway, back to the podcast I was listening to about fucking <laughs> Roman empire shit. <laughs> uh, I watched the raging oh. Nathan's bridge city sessions. I, I watched the punk and Drubbuck documentary. I said I was going to watch it, and I still haven't. It's fun. It's I mean, it's just like, it's whatever. It's not like groundbreaking. Yeah. It's just following them around for the festival. And obviously they talk about the Vegas thing because it happens during that. Yeah. But it was good. I'd recommend watching it. I still plan on it. I have it pulled up on my my thing. I just haven't found the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Raging Nathan's Bridge City Sessions. You can watch that on YouTube. They play like four or five songs. Uh, it's a real good band. It's a really good band, yeah. Um, and it, it just it sounds good. Just the uh, you know them playing in a room and they get they've that, grown that on live energy. They get that live energy. I mean, they're uh, a band that gets better with every release that yeah. they do. So because they started as that band for me is like oh that's just Josh's non dopamines band. This is fine, and like we actually played with them at Pooza one year. You knew. Th- you didn't what? know the Raging Nathans before he joined the Dopamines? No. Because he hasn't been in the Dopamines that that long. The Raging Nathans have been a long, around for a long time. I just always knew him as Josh from Rad Girlfriend and then uh, being be like having joined the Dopamines. I didn't really know much about Raging Nathans until we played with them at Pooza. And that was when they really first started getting on my radar. And then little by little by little, like, you know, they have definitely won me over. Yeah. It's always fun playing with them. We we did a, a couple shows. I think one of our, I don't know, one of the shows I remember most uh, from pre-pandemic was playing with them at Gold Sounds. It was a that was a great night. Oh, was I at that? Uh, oh I don't know. no, I think that was the one night that something else was happening. I forget. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the one bit of new music that I heard this week that I really, really, really liked is called The Sad Tomorrows. Nice Muffs reference there. Mm-hmm. Um, they just released a cassette and you can get the digital on Bandcamp, but it's through Don Giovanni Records. Uh, very 90s heavy, like... Uh, you know, Husker Du, big, big drill car, Lemonheads type stuff. Uh-huh. And it is headed by Jeff Erg. 
on guitar and vocals. It also has Mike Hunchback of Hunchback and Screeching Weasel fame on guitar. Has Jay Nixon on bass and Brian Gorsinger of Nightbirds on drums. Oh, nice. Uh, recorded by Chris Pierce and mastered by Stefan Edgerton. It's a nice little crew. They're all off the, what's it, what are they called again? The Sad, Sad Tomorrows. Tomorrows. Yeah, it's a four song uh, EP that uh, if you want the physical version, it's just uh, cassettes for now. But uh, only eight remaining as I'm looking on their band camp now. But uh, yeah, these four songs are great. So definitely check them out especially if you're you know fan of these guys bands you know the ergs nightbirds black wine hunchback etc etc it's a long vibration won't upset you yep does that seem okay forget it for me retail and unsustainable practices are the four songs so give that a listen let me know what you think of it because i really really like it it was like the first thing that i've heard in a while that like as soon as it ended i put it on three more times yeah cool yeah i just followed it on spotify so i'll put it on when i'm driving to work tomorrow morning hey no more spotify uh i know but i don't use it i I collect my measly checks where they rip me off um but it was cool this week to i don't give a fuck about uh, is it neil young I guess Neil, Neil Young and Joe Rogan got into it. I don't. I don't know the story. No, I don't think they got into it. I think Neil Young was just like, I don't like that you're paying all this money to to Joe Rogan, who's putting out all this, you know, terrible information. Anti, yep. Anti vax, anti mask, anti everything. Um, I don't want to be on the same platform as him. Yeah. And also, I mean, he he'll just stand to make more money not getting, you know pennies on the the dollar for all of his stuff so good for him for standing up I'd like to see more people do that as well um personally i just uh don't use the that service and that's my my protest so it's just annoying like like everything's fucking there it's just the convenience of it you know it's what i not, mean is not everything on itunes i don't know I don't have Apple. Uh, it's your problem. It's, it's 2022. You don't have Apple? What type of world do you live in? I have my computer, but my phone is... I'm, I'm a Samsung guy. All right. Uh, I don't know what to say to you. All right, here's some questions. What, my, what are my texts? Blue? Green? I don't know. What's, what's the one that I'm... I'm not, I don't uh, like iPhone. No. I don't know. I'm not even going to respond to it. <laughs> you, you want some questions? Yeah, go ahead. What would be your when we were young festival lineup? Oh, okay. You don't have to like go crazy. You don't have to give me like a full day's worth of bands, but you know, when we were young, the uh, sketchy ghoulie version. What are for me, me some bands? For, for when I was young, it would be. Blink, Green Day as your two big headliners. And that'd uh, be it. <laughs> and that would, <laughs> Blink, Green Day. You didn't uh, learn of, You didn't learn there were other bands out there until like four years ago. I, I, for me, it was Blink, Green Day, Sum 41, 
Um, doesn't look infected is still a fucking fantastic record and it fucking holds the test of time. Um, who else would it be from that era? I was really into the offspring. Um, no effects, bad religion, uh, suicide machines. Um, I was really into Sky. I probably have to put Streetlight Manifesto just if we're going based on when I was young. <laughs> um, who else was I really into in like high school and shit? Sky is anti-vax though. I know. Apparently. That's why the Boston's are done. Uh, and he also left Jimmy Kimmel. What does that mean? Dickie Barrett was the, he worked on, he was on Jimmy Kimmel's band. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, for like, a, for like a long time. And now he's gone from there. He's gone from the Boston's. Apparently his wife is a fucking maniac. But uh, who else would I, was I really into in high school? Um, what band t-shirts did I have? I was really... <laughs> uh, no use for a name. System of a Down. Probably, eh, they were more when I was in middle school. I, had, <laughs> I, I liked them for like... You know what? Matchbox 20. Let's go. I put some Matchbox 20 on my <laughs> when we were young. Jimmy Eat World. You know, like that shit. I, th- I think Jimmy Eat World's actually on the I think they're on the actual one. And <laughs> Alkaline Trio's on the actual one. And yeah. But yeah, stuff like that. I was really into like like the bigger pop punk. I wasn't into like Good Charlotte. Like I wasn't really into Newfound Glory. I was, but then like I really just delved into like the Fat Wreck epitaph world. Sure. In high school and yeah, stuff like that. I, I'd maybe go to yours. I, I don't know. <laughs> Show up late, watch Blinking Green Day, call it a day. <laughs> All right, question number two. We've uh, we've all heard the debates on whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. But oh, I want to know, is cereal soup? Uh, I just had a bowl of cereal before coming on this. So this is really fresh for me. Uh, <laughs> so did you just have a bowl of soup? I'm going to say no, because soup is hot and cereal is cold. No, not all soups are hot and you can have hot cereal. God, that sounds gross. Hot. I mean, I guess like oatmeal is like hot cereal, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then does that make oatmeal? Is it soup? But like gazpacho okay, what, is, is but doesn't, soup, right? Doesn't but doesn't for soup to be soup, doesn't the liquid have to come from a thing? Like chicken broth or like the tomato soup is like, like So it could come from a chicken but not a cow? You can't have beef broth? And if you're already having beef broth, you might as well have milk. I don't want to think of it that way. I'm gonna say no. I'm saying no. I'm saying yes. You just had a nice morning bowl of soup. <laughs> I have never thought of it that way. Okay. I know you're a big cereal guy from yeah. our you know, yeah, previous yeah. week's questions. So yeah. I, had, I had to find out. Okay. There you and go. now you'll never think of cereal the same way again. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we talked about like Jersey retirements, uh, the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and we didn't even get into the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is a complete Ugh. joke. But yeah. um, you know, when you do that, you have to examine the full breadth of a player's career mm-hmm. to decide if they are worthy. Um, so 
I'm not asking to, you know, uh, if this band should be in the, you know, the punk rock hall of fame, because they probably should be for how influential, but I want okay. you to examine their entire career okay. and tell me if this band is good. Okay. Black flag. That's okay. All right. You have to examine the entire run of Black Flag, not just the first four years. Right. And then, the, and then the Henry Rollins years later. Ugh. But here's my, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And so now there's. You got to get into like the Mike Vallely. Uh, do you? You do. You have to. You're you have including. to. It's the whole thing. The whole thing. So you know, that would be like, um, you know, Sidney Crosby has an amazing career and then, uh, in his last year decides to play goal and doesn't save a single puck for a whole season and goes to Arizona. Uh, okay. So very much how there's that game, Nicholas cage, good actor, bad actor, and you can make a case for either. I cannot make a case for bad actor. He's a great actor. you You can make the case for black flag, good band or bad band. Um, wow. Okay. As far as like for the influential stuff, and all that Black Flag gets into the Hall of Fame. And also know the whole right. like book your fuck own fucking life stuff. Uh, but man, there is so much bad Black Flag out there too. Like even Bill, who like, Bill Stevenson, whose favorite band was Black Flag. Um, and I hope that most of our listeners are. But um, even him, like he admitted that like, he didn't like like the era of Black Flag that he was in. Well, like, he was he, in the worst era. He was of, in the weird time. Well, not like not like the worst because it got worse it got after. Worse. But the beginning was, of the end. Yeah, it was not good. But the thing is, like, what makes it really hard too with Black Flag is that like, so Keith Morris is my favorite Black Flag singer, mm-hmm. um, but I just think the powerhouse that was the personality Henry Rollins is what ultimately made them like as popular as they are. You know, like when you, th- cause like, I feel like when you think of Black Flag, like your brain immediately goes to Henry Rollins. Not mine. No, it should go to Keith and even Des, but like. And Ron. And Ron. Oh, fuck. I mean, they got, they started they got- doing spoken word when, with Henry they got real weird and he was such a like like the epitome of bro culture too yeah. oh my god i hate that i like henry rollins the person now like as an older dude henry rollins i, I feel like i would fucking hate oh. black flag if i was if i was around in those late 80s or whatever when like when the la scene was just getting really fucking violent and mm-hmm. black flag would make their way over there and shit would get nuts like i would not be a punk Black Flag was like prominent, probably. Sure. Like if, if I was that, I am. Yeah. I like uh, I like when Henry's like uh, an actor. Uh, yeah. I like them on like Sons of Anarchy and stuff like that. He has a lot of great voice work. He's a lot of like animated stuff. Yeah. That he's done. But like, I don't want to go see him do spoken word or you know whatever he does on his tours and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I they're in the Hall of Fame, but. Man, oh man, is it on, on the, the backs of their earlier work? Those first four years. I have, I mean, the, I, I have the LP of it. Yeah. I mean, it says it all. That's all you need. Um, 
you know the song my war is great yeah but i don't think my war the album is great by any stretch there's of the a couple songs i like on it but yeah uh other henry songs like i really like black coffee mm-hmm. that's 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 a song that gets me going but it's far too long yeah. <laughs> so i don't know i just thought it was interesting uh so black flag and the fact that they're still fucking going and yep and like flag, oh my god I got, to, I got an argument with the bar owner the other day actually about like whether or not new black flag is any good i never and heard he, it it's fucking terrible i saw the artwork i laughed and it's all bother. bad and like Damn. this guy was like because he also was like yeah, i used to work for sst and like i know greg and whatever i'm like that's cool like you can admit that they're bad like you can't tell me that mike valelli black flag can hold anything against fucking even henry rollins black flag i'll take over the new shit fuck 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 black flag now flag i'm all about flag flag is the best it's got has the best lineup and only has one member who actually wasn't in black flag and he nails greg's parts and that is the one and only stefan edgerton who is the best yeah and bill stevenson on drums chuck on bass you got Des on guitar also singing some songs. And then you got Keith and Keith hearing Keith, seeing Keith, so seeing Flag uh, sing some of the Henry song. Uh, well, not many Henry songs, but uh, sing they My play, War. My just, War, at least, is incredible with Keith singing. I was like, just going to bring war, that up. My War is a great song. You hear Keith sing it and you're like, you, song's you believe, even better. Like you believe it. But they also play, I think it was My War, because I remember when we played with them, um, they, I think it was My War, they play it differently. No. There's another song they play that they don't play it the Black Flag way. Like, they, like, rearranged it. Hmm. And I can't think of what it is, because now it's driving me nuts. But, like, I remember, like, hearing it live, and I was like, wait, this is whatever song it was. And, like... I couldn't follow along with it singing because they play it differently. Yeah, it might be like one of those ones that like uh, Keith did and then wasn't on the recording for and someone else sang it or, you know, something maybe, like that. Maybe they, Or maybe they play like an original demo version of that song and then it yeah. became like a de- whatever song and then they yeah. play the Keith version. Of, I don't know. But there's some, there, I can't, if anyone out there knows which one I'm talking about, Please let me know because it's driving me nuts now. Because I vividly remember like not being able to sing along. I was like, I know this song, but I feel like I don't know this song. Am I having a stroke right now? And I remember <laughs> having that moment. And my friends were just like, no, this is definitely not like the album version. So, it was probably better though. Whatever it was. It was great. It was fucking great. But anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. This was a lot of fun. Ghouli had a big bowl of soup before this podcast and hey now the rangers are playing the seattle kraken and we got to go watch it let's go all right we'll talk to you next week talk to you later bye